I think we've got the video. Round it there, Roshi. You ever on standby? Do you? There you go. <laughs> that was the worst day of my life. The worst day of my life. My God, it was absolutely brutal. What, what happened? OTB AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. Delighted to say Alan Quinlan has joined myself and Gavin in the studio. Morning, Quinny. Morning, lads. How are you? Keeping well, keeping well. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good week. We were talking to, to, to Ron there, but um, Johnny Sexton on the World Rugby Player of the Year nominees front. Uh, always nice to get the individual lads and Josh van der Fleer and, and Johnny and Andy Farrell all getting some, some credit from, uh, from their fellow players. Nice to see. Yeah, it is. It's brilliant for them um, to be recognised and, and their achievements, I think... Um, very special we had it in uh, probably the last time it, it happened we were in this situation it was 2018 and when Joe Schmidt got coach of the year um, Johnny got player of the year and, and, and the team got team of the year as well so um, it is it is brilliant recognition for a fantastic year they've had I suppose the, the only blemish on that that run was uh, it was in Paris um, against a brilliant French side they lost by six points Um think there was a lot of good stuff came out of that game they were probably physically France had a little bit of an edge in them uh, up front but um, I suppose I said the only blemish obviously the first test in New Zealand but yeah. they won the series there so it's been it's been a very very positive year um, I could probably keep repeating this I don't I think the players are very conscious and the coaches as well of um, too much hype around it as well because mm. um I suppose nobody predicted that he'd go to the World Cup and win it in 2019 or got too carried away, even though some accusations maybe from people on the outside that Ireland got complacent and stuff. But um, I think they'll be better equipped. Um, and you've got to deal with success. In I think if you're even telling any kids about winning trophies or winning awards, that you try not to get complacent and don't get too far ahead of yourself. you still got to go to training next week. And, mm. you know... Um, and do the job, you know, you score four goals in one match and one Sunday morning and you think it's going to happen every week. That sport doesn't work like that. So these guys are playing at the top level, but it's lovely recognition for him. And I'm really pleased for Andy Farrell because um, I've huge respect for him. And obviously when you work in the media and you've got to analyse matches and talk about them, um, I'd find it very hard to say anything bad about Andy Farrell. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, you've got to critique things um, and critique performances. And when you're in top jobs like that, it's part. It goes with the territory that your team has to be critiqued if they don't play well. And he got a bit of flack at the start, um, and Andy, um, Mike Cat as well did um, with some of the performances. Um, but taking over from Joe and you know going into that role as the head coach himself, um, he's an inspirational fella, you know, and he's the kind of fellow who goes well if. He, he just kind of takes it as as he goes, and um, he's very much a here and now fellow who wants to try and enjoy the moments. But um, you know, having played a top level sport and um, the way he did, um, you know, probably one of the greatest rugby league players ever, hard as nails, and uh, he's he's just a very humble fellow. So I think it's great for him, and it's great recognition for for what he's done with mm-hmm. this Irish side, and. Um, and also for Johnny Sexton, you know, to get a nomination again, I think probably after that World Cup and maybe during that year, people questioned him. And, and a lot of people thought that, you know, the age factor was getting there. And uh, and But his resurgence has been nothing short of remarkable, really. 
Uh, for Vander, Josh van der Fleer as well, I think the improvements in his game, um, the physicality, the edge that he has, the carries, and the consistency has just gone to a different level. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't argue against their nominations, and it's lovely for them. And then for Dan Sheehan and Mac Hansen to be nominated as best newcomers as well. So, um, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be getting carried away and saying uh, Ireland still have a, a very challenging situation. And I think. The one thing that we all want them to do is go beyond the World Cup a quarter-final. And um, so there's a lot of challenges ahead. And, and when you're on top, Shane, everybody you know, tries to knock you. So what will Wales be thinking You know, come uh, that first game in, in, in the start of February in the Six Nations? Um, you know, So I think Ireland will be better prepared mentally. But ultimately, no matter what they do between here and the World Cup in France next year, um, it's still going to be incredibly difficult to go beyond that quarterfinal. Yeah. So we may be sitting here thinking, "God, we've we haven't gone beyond it again." Right, so, oh but you know, I think it's it's the same in life. If you look too far ahead and and um, don't enjoy the moment, so I think they've got to enjoy the moment. And um, you know, do we need a reality check uh, before then? We probably get one or two anyway, um, and maybe we'll be in. in but we'll, if we're well equipped, but you know, to, the year they've had has been pretty special I think um, I'll certainly not forget you know being up close and personal with what happened in New Zealand over the summer it was it was remarkable Is the experience before 2019 that World Cup when obviously Ireland were top of the world after beating the All Blacks in 2018 is that the reality check they need in the sense that will they yeah, can you see very, things that they'll learn question, Gavin. from that because yeah. obviously Farrell was adjacent to that whole experience as well Yeah a lot of the players and some of the coaching staff as well. I think Paul O'Connell has come into the mix now. I think um, knowing Paul so as well as I do and been close to him in dressing rooms for so long, he has this incredible intrigue to leave no stone unturned. And then he has his own presence, you know, the way he can inspire players. I think um, he's made a lot of improvements and helped probably a lot of the Irish forwards. They've A lot of them have publicly spoken about that. Um, so I think that whole experience is, is is important. So maybe we don't need to lose games in the Six Nations. Maybe we need to go and win a Grand Slam. And you know we've got France and England and Dublin. And historically, these are the kind of Grand uh, uh, Six Nations that um, the two, the big two are coming to Dublin. So it, it you, you kind of think it puts you in a better position. But um, you you just never know. I think obviously you want to try and build that resilience and. I think they'll be if you focus too much on your mistakes and your past mistakes in your life and in sport they can kind of hold you back a little bit you have to be aware and conscious of them and I think Gavin they're going to be absolutely very very conscious of them but sometimes things games and sport and things are out of your control you can get a bit of bad luck you can get some refereeing decisions go against you you can get a couple of injuries Ireland need a little bit of luck and if they can get to France next year in, in, in a good position because if you think of 2019 they had an incredible start they beat Scotland yeah. convincingly mm. um, so I thought they were kind of in a great great position and then what happened against Japan kind of derailed things and it kind of exposed some of the issues around probably the expansion of their game you know I think to be able to play a couple of different ways and to be to add to their attack was probably something that um, if they had their time back they would probably look to improve and, and, and have a different game plan in the locker but that probably is the reality check yeah yeah it's a funny one and, and, and like 
you're trying to look ahead to the Six Nations but not get too carried away and not not think too far beyond it but it's impossible yeah, and not look, to look. there's an argument to say Shane why are Ireland were number one when you look at the list of who France have beaten this year yeah they've beaten everyone um, you know to win a Grand Slam I think their tour is obviously different mm. being in Japan over the summer um, and then you know t- to beat Australia to beat South Africa um, I think probably Ireland have it because of what they did in New Zealand those two tests when you kind of Sometimes the, the the point system you could argue is a bit is a little bit skewed, but obviously if you beat New Zealand on and I don't know how the point system works, but if you beat New Zealand two weeks in a row in New Zealand, I presume you yeah. it kind of enhances the points you get. Um, so, like, I genuinely don't think they think they're the best team in the world and that they would get complacent. I think they realise they're we're probably two or three injuries away from been fourth or fifth in the world well, the Fiji game showed us yeah but you know what it's very difficult one Shane with the, the you know they're they're potential banana skins mm-hmm. and they're hard to get the emotion right and I think it does show and I think what exposed us a little bit and was our reality check as you asked for Kevin asked about Kevin was that New Zealand game in the RDS you know that was a big opportunity and we were we were second best in that mm-hmm. in everything in that game so if you go down the depth chart maybe you know, you know, if you really go down the depth chart and get a couple of entries, and if you know, you think if Johnny Sexton doesn't play, no, what do we do? I think I feel bad for Joey Carberry because I would have been thinking, get him through Fiji, have a good win, and start him against Australia. Yeah, give him more exposure there. We've just it's been so stop start with Joey in the last couple of years. You know he, what Sexton can do. He hasn't got a run of ten games in a row where you've gone, God, let's analyze those ten yeah. games and say why eight of them were brilliant. Um, and he's he's grown in the role and no matter what talent you have you've got to get out there and play and be exposed to it um, he's played in a Munster team that's been you know strong one week weak another week um, so we've just gotten, got no flow with Joey and I think he's a wonderful player and he's he's very much capable of, of mm. stepping up to the plate but we just unluckily again he picks up that head knock last week and, and is not involved this week so his next game could be two or three weeks for Munster and then you don't know what where where that's going to be um, how many games in a row he'll play but um, so yeah we are a couple of injuries away from things could be different so maybe that's me looking at the glass and being uber anxious about um, you know being being really conscious of threats and dangers you have to enjoy it and I think they're in a really good place I think all the players say that the camp is a very positive place um, and they're enjoying it so um, it's good at the moment, for sure. We we touched on this with Raj. Some uh, some interesting comments from from Johnny Sexton on his life post playing. I guess this week, and he was talking about. I think he was asked, "Will he go into coaching himself straight away?" And he was saying he, he doesn't think he'll go into it straight away. And he, he referenced Raj. And he said, "You know, his family are settled in Dublin. His kids love it here. I'm not going to do something like Raj has done, which is amazing. Go to France, go to New Zealand, come back to France, stay in France. He's been away from Ireland for ten years. I'm not going to do that. Like, I guess he has options." Johnny, that's that's the thing, and we don't know what type of coach he's going to be if he wants to head that uh, down that direction. But there's no right or wrong way to go about it. Like Rogers, Rogers' recipe for getting into coaching is not necessarily the that's only way. Not, that's not the template for yeah. everybody, and it, it wouldn't work. Um, he's a very patient wife, and Jess, <laughs> and a very uh, you know, for her to go on that adventure and kind of back him. And in fairness, she's incredible um, to you know with five kids as well. <laughs> Uh, not easy you know it's you just think of it 
you know, five kids <laughs> going moving around all the time and um, France is one thing but going off to New Zealand uh, on, on two stints where they've kind of gone for six or seven months come back to yeah. France and gone again yeah but um, it's interesting you think someone like I always said this about Drico that um, surely surely he'll get into coaching but <laughs> you just never know it depends what presents itself and you know when you have young kids that kind of dictates you can't just make this decision and and um, Obviously, Johnny's wife and and his kids will dictate what he does. But you would imagine the nat- the most natural transition for him is, you know, the Leinster setup. Mm. And there's no reason to say that he wouldn't be really successful in it. That he has to go and get this experience everywhere because he's that type of a character who's probably been. And I've said this about Paul O'Connell before. That these guys are coaching as players. Mm. They're literally kind of on it week after week about structures about you know the type of game you play the way you need to change things so they're they're practically coaches and assistant coaches for for a lot of number of years of their careers anyway because they're all in those leadership roles so um yeah i think obviously for you know what he's achieved and the type of character is you think there's no guarantees that he would be good as regards dealing with people and managing the ups and downs and um, some people say it would drive you cuckoo you know if you're so engrossed in it he's got to get a balance obviously when you come out as a player that sometimes you just got to if if that it's that emotional roller coaster that you can't affect the decision out on the field you can only pass on the information and try and prepare a team so um, you would have to imagine Johnny would be someone who would find it hard to let go because mm. And I and I hope he's not lost in a game because I would imagine he could be, um, you know, a very very successful coach. Is there a chance he's retiring too soon? <sighs> I mean, you mentioned the, the shortlist there. I, I mm-hmm. you'll have a much greater insight to, than it to me. But to my amateur eye, he's still sensational. I mean, <laughs> I would imagine if he goes back to his wife and says, uh, "Well, I'm going to give it another year after next year," um, there could be a conversation about that. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, like we can't be too far. Probably, from has he one has more year put the decision to go after the World Cup? Um, you know, like he if, could decide if, to keep if, going, but yeah, the, uh, if next year. But I think there has to be a time. Look, I, I, I don't know. Of course, he could. If he's in good shape next year, well, maybe he'll go on for another year and play till he's forty or two years or whatever. I don't know. Um, but you think at that age that if he can get out of the game healthy, he's oh. p- he's played in a very uh, p- position that's um, he's been targeted a lot. He's had a, a fair few bangs and knocks over the years, and um, he loves the physicality of the game as well. And you know, I've always said this to 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 you know when you're out in that adrenaline rush and and it's something that's just ingrained in you, um, it's very hard to let go of it. So Johnny's got to be comfortable himself and. It would be wonderful, obviously, if they, if if he could finish after a World Cup on a high. And um, I know you still don't get a trophy if you get the semi final, but <laughs> we're probably all worn out of being we kind of beat, beaten with the stick of uh, the quarterfinals. But sometimes you could say, well, quarterfinal, semi final, it doesn't matter. You still not win the trophy. But I think Ireland get judged on that. And it's like um, Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile. Like we don't actually know if we can get to a semi final until we do it. We, do, we haven't done it. Yeah. We need to just do it and get get it over the line yeah, once. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully we, we can do it. You're talking about the emotional roller coaster of being a uh, being a coach. 
guess it's the same for a director of rugby and it's emotional roller coaster watching Razi Rasmus's Twitter feed and constantly scrolling and there's excuses after matches the word dose comes to mind when you're looking at his Twitter feed like a fairly unprecedented, unprecedented move by word rugby to give him a two match ban for his social media posts but I don't think anyone is really complaining Razi can't really complain either it's you know what I, I, I the first line stuff some part of me thought this is refreshing and this mm. needs to be addressed um also in the knowledge and, and being very conscious of the fact that you're dealing with human beings who are trying to do their best. Yeah. And um, the one thing I see a lot of attached with the comments and stuff online about Rassi now is that there's these conspiracy theories that World Rugby are working against South Africa um, by some of the fans. And you can go and see them yourselves. Um, it's quite frustrating to see that. And there's, I, you know, I've, I know a lot of South African people and a lot of good rugby South African people, and um, um, they're very knowledgeable on the game. And but there, there's another element of them that actually are, are kind of blinded mm. a little bit by the effects of this. So, you know, at the start, I thought it's, yeah, definitely, the line stuff was was born out of absolute frustration and. Um, but the reality is, whether people agree with me or not, is you can you could look at every game of rugby week after week in underage games, club games, schools games, that a lot of the the the, the kind of decisions that are made are at interpretations, particularly around the breakdown. You yeah. know, did the guy lock onto the ball? Was he on his feet? Did he did his elbow touch the ground? Where did he come from? Did he come in from the side? There's so many kind of multi layers of behaviours that it's very, very difficult at times. And a lot of the time we've we've kind of gone with the we just have to go with the decision that's um of the referee, his interpretation at that time. Just look at scrums. You look at an uh, the international scrums at the weekend. Scrums will go down uh, two or three times and you'll he referee will penalise one side you look at the replay and as a commentator and you go it's the actual opposition fella that lost his footing or pulled his elbow down so you could nearly go through uh, every rock situation or collision or physical situation where there's a number of players and pick people out it's a very very difficult job and I played at a high level where I had that frustration as a player and that sometimes I kind of questioned referees and I questioned decisions particularly if I was involved in that breakdown so it's a very difficult thing and I understand the frustration and there's certain games over the years and you could pick lots of games out for me as a former Munster player and as a former Irish player and, and covering a lot of Irish games Munster games and Irish province in the last number of years I'm often commentating games and I'm going my god that's a blatant that should be the other way you know um, so there was a couple of decisions last week in, for Wayne Barnes that um, the possible double movement, it, it's very, very marginal. Again, if it's given as a double movement, you're saying, fair enough. The try is given, you're kind of going, Poss yeah, it's probably 50-50. Isn't that incredibly hard when you mm. think of? There's actually decisions. You're doing the football, you're going to Qatar. It's very rare, bar the VAR decisions, that there'll be 50-50 decisions. It's either a tackle, mm. a yellow card, mm. or not, or a player's either bundle another player over. It's much more, it's probably easier to decide 
on the decision. Of course, there's decisions in football that you're going to go on, particularly around the VAR stuff, mm. that it's so marginal that the goal could be given or could be taken away. But there's a lot of that in the rugby and it's difficult. And I just don't... I just think Rassi... It was probably unnecessary the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, come back into the game. Um, what happened with the lines, the videos last year and stuff. Just come back with a clean slate and, and put that behind us. And because... There's a real kind of um, quirky madness about Razi Erasmus <laughs> that attracts me to obviously what he's done with, with, with South Africa. When you think, Shane, we beat them 38-3 in 2017. They were in turmoil. They take over mm-hmm. Jack Nienenbar and himself. And, you know, all the challenges that the South African people have, the crime rate there, the, you know, the so many difficulties that they have to experience throughout their life so it was a wonderful story them going to the World Cup winning it um, they've had brilliant success but you know if you're coming out in every game and you're you're, you're this week Rassi said he wasn't actually referencing the referee but like I mean he was you know, <laughs> he appeared to be the problem here you have with social media and it's the same for young people and people in sport and when you go in after a match and you pick up your phone and you look at it and people can judge you um, unfairly, negatively, yeah. they don't know the person. So the problem for Wayne Barnes after last week, and the reality is that anybody doesn't know that he's 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 receiving death threats. Yeah, um, his wife is receiving abuse online. So when it gets to that situation, mm. whether Rassi is right or wrong, he's part of something that's brought on an incredible mm. amount of abuse to somebody who I believe has a lot of integrity, Wayne Barnes, and. Leinster fans could argue and say, well, one or two decisions in that La Rochelle final should have gone the other way. But if you look back at the Leinster-La Rochelle game, you could look at some stuff in the first half or certain areas in the game that Leinster should have been penalised. Yeah. And that's my point. You know, Ireland lost to Japan in the World Cup in 2019. And that game, I know for a fact that there was 15 to 20 decisions that could have went the other way for yeah. Ireland in that game. And they were acknowledged behind the scenes through the proper protocols um, with Angus Gardner's But that's the important that thing, that there is a forum behind closed doors. Like if a coach is uh, frustrated at a refereeing decision, they have a way of raising it. Like they yeah, don't have to go but, but public Gavin, like Erasmus online did. now. And in fairness, it's great to see all the social media activity and, you know, r- rugby's trying to grow as a sport and it'll always be way behind, you know, football, which is a real global sport. Um and it's great to see people involved in it and having their opinions. But some of some of the opinions are nasty. A lot of them can be nasty, blinded. And they, their argument is, we need to know why these referees aren't accountable. Um, but they are held accountable. Mm. Uh, but they're not put out in the public square and, uh, you know, hanged on a Friday afternoon, like in front of everybody for, for the, cr- the baying crowd to throw yeah. stones at them. We can't have that. But they are, you know, punished internally, i.e. they don't get certain games. They've got to be demoted um, if they have a really bad game. There's a certain part of me once would love a little bit more honesty and, and maybe. But if we open that door of a referee being interviewed after a game and or, or you know, speaking during the week about it, it it's it's risky. Um, it's very, very dangerous because the baying mob will stone them. But... Um, 
I just think it's when, when, when Wayne Barnes and his wife have been subject to online abuse like that and threatened and some of it has been really, really nasty. People can see that. And whether Razzie, this week or not, in his own opinion, believes that he was aiming digs at Wayne Barnes, his social media stuff has caused that situation. Yeah. So it's a pity because um, he's actually, you know, we're talking about Razzie Rasmus video clips now, not Razzie Rasmus incredible achievements. So is that part of the point? I mean, the results haven't been great on South Africa. Listen, if I was, uh, I'm talking about Ireland there a second ago. If I was in South Africa's position, I would be very, very comfortable with okay. where they're at. They have incredible depth. Um, obviously, their A team were beaten by Munster down in Cork, um, but I think they, you know, if they lose four or five players, they can. I know the 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 quality. We don't know sometimes would be the exact same. But there's you're handpicking some forwards and props and hookers and things. And you're kind of, Jesus, that is that's strength, that's power, that's get them up to speed with the systems and all that kind of stuff. And they're in a really good place. But such a big pool of players to pick from: the European best players, players in in um, in Japan. They could pick a whole different squad. Mm. So there's a huge amount of depth. They're in a good place with what they've done. And I think Rassi Erasmus and, and Jack Nienaber obviously winning that World Cup and, and where they're at at the moment they're in a really strong position Before we let you go Quinny score prediction for, for tomorrow the first time uh, I'm not sure about score prediction I, think, I, I would think it'd be a high scoring game right. if, if the weather um, there's a bit of rain predicted and it's heavy rain on yeah, Saturday yeah. night so for anyone going to the Aviva put on a, a coat um, I just feel that um, Ireland will be pretty conscious you're talking you're talking about a kind of wake up call there'll be a reaction from Australia. Yeah. And they're a very, very skillful, dangerous side if they're allowed to play. So I think Ireland have got to be impose themselves a little bit physically. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to interested and hoping that Stuart McCloskey can, you know, it didn't happen for him last week against mm. Fiji, but it didn't happen for the rest of the squad no. that he can uh, get a real opportunity. Um, it's an exciting game because I think they're too... Ireland won't want it wet either. Um but it's, but I think Ireland will be, you know, rather uh, given a score prediction. I think you would think on paper Ireland are eight to ten points victors here. But we take it. It's a dangerous one, mm-hmm. and Australia have shown that when they get going, they scored incredible tries in the Tri Nations. Yeah. So we've got to be wary of that. But I think Ireland will win the game. Lovely. Uh, should be a decent atmosphere as well with the the APM kickoff. And good luck in Qatar. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I think it. I might need it. <laughs> Five star hotel stadiums there. The dream. Phenomenal. I was looking at some of the videos the other day. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it goes. Hopefully it goes well. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see Brazil win it. Mm. Who, who, who do you think is going to win it, Quinny? Well, I go on holidays in Portugal every year, so I, I, I love the Portuguese people. So, right, right. But you have to go with them. There's three United players there. Isn't <laughs> that, that, that kind of strong Liverpool, as a Liverpool fan. fan. But yeah, yeah. France. Uh, you put Jota as well. France. Yeah, we got Jota, of course. France, Brazil, or Portugal. Fair France. One of the three. So you're firmly sitting on the fence. <laughs> I know, but they're three. <laughs> no, no. If I was to be to fair, three teams, and if you. Pin me to it, I'd say Portugal. Okay, okay, we're going with Portugal. I want stuff. to win. I'm not saying they will. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Quinny, great stuff as always. Thanks, Cheers, thanks for coming sense. in. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.